Oh yeah, the low end. I actually so our last episode met welcomed welcomed us in with a real low end, big time low end welcome. And it was yeah. funny because I forgot about it, and I was listening to the last episode. And did you pump that subwoof? Well, we requested that the listener go back in time and use the the reverse button, mm. and I did in fact do that, and then <laughs> turn my. Did you confirm that on uh, <clears throat> Apple? It's fifteen seconds. Did you? Confirm? I did confirm. I don't use Apple, but it is fifteen oh, seconds on wow. most. Wow. It's on uh, Spotify. It's fifteen. Tom's better than us. I didn't confirm on. Oh, yeah, a little bit. I didn't confirm <laughs> on uh, Audible though, because I said that's thirty, but that doesn't make well, sense. Then the test is totally moot. It's moot. Well, the test was of my subwoofer, which didn't. Oh yeah, didn't that's do right. Well, okay. Mm. Yeah, but maybe your well, system's good enough, folks. It, it, that takes me back to like high school <laughs> and aspiring to have like a subwoofer in that was uh, the thing back one then. of those cars from Fast and the Furious. Yeah, basically yeah. my dream was to buy like a Mitsubishi Eclipse and get a subwoofer. <laughs> those, my friend yeah. had one when we carpooled together, and he would show up to pick me up for work. Trunk rattling away. It was just rattling. <laughs> you could hear it like, and that was it. That was like our like it was like. Nope. Like eight in the morning, yeah. and we're just like cruising, and he's like blasting EDM, <laughs> and just it's like rattling the back. No conversations, just like, like yeah, just huffing on like a e cig and like blowing the smoke in my face. Nice. He was ahead. Really he was ahead of the trend if he had day. like an e cig. Did were, did e cigs exist back then? <laughs> I don't know if it was an e cig. <laughs> yeah, right. I was thinking that too. Um, I thought you were like the, kind the, of like my age, but I guess you went to high school like three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh what else would i call it i don't know i'm not sure i we're saying we didn't think it existed then. yeah so i don't know what you'd call it but this didn't you good. say in high school at um, work am I, no oh oh no i just said my friend used to pick me up for work oh, like, oh. This, is like, this is like maybe five years ago oh, I oh yeah you that's, said high school okay. why did where did i get the high school thing because you so were talking weird. about high school oh my bad okay i'm sorry i'm <laughs> projecting oh <laughs> No, Sorry. that's not the top. I was going to say, is that an example of the topic of the day? I but think, I don't it think so. Oh. Kind of is. Let's let's let like what are we chatting about? Let's Should let's let the folks know. It? Let's let the folks know. Slide into the app. We're talking about cognitive biases, folks. Why did where where did it? Why, why do we, start why do we talking sl- about cognitive bias? Oh, because um, you guys were talking about it in the chat, and I was like, "Ooh." Tom thought of I it. I don't know why. Oh yeah, because I saw a tweet. Tom thought about. Um, God, I think it was a tweet about uh, what's it called? The one the sunk cost. Yeah, sunk cost fallacy. Eddie talks about cognitive bias. You talk about cognitive biases a lot. I feel like nice. I think I, I have memories in college where you were talking about self fulfilling prophecy mm. all the time. And then also, not all the time, but... Like, constantly, though. <laughs> Eddie's a thinker. He thinks about thinking. Well, I that's, think about it's really important Talking to do, because <laughs> if you don't, yeah. well, then you just... I am a robot. You just st- you're, you're, you're stuck in wherever part of... Your, you, you're stuck. Yep. yep. Mentally. Right, yeah. You're not gonna, you won't realize, like, oh, wait a minute. I'm, I could be thinking better about making this decision definitely i always try Um, to 
you know, with working in in the science field, I try to constantly check my assumptions and and rethink about different things and because it's important to do. Definitely. Right. So that's Should that's we, why like, unpack that's why we're doing what? cognitive biases today. Yeah. Okay, first can we just touch on what the sunken fallacy is? Sunk cost fallacy? Sunk cost. <laughs> the sunken fallacy is about pirates. <laughs> yeah, the sunken fallacy is a ship that Blackbeard yeah, had. The sunken fallacy. <laughs> um yeah. The curse of the sunken fallacy. So I can say my interest in, in cognitive biases has actually come too far. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to explain the sunk cost. Oh, sunk I was cost. just doing a, a, just a quick background as to why I would know this one. Oh, all right. Okay. So this okay, is... Cool. So, I like yeah, it. We, so, wanted the, we wanted the information yeah. immediately. Though, Everyone but, grab your favorite cup of coffee and listen to Eddie's story time. little story. We're, gonna do, we're yeah. doing a fireside chat do, here. Do, 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 yeah, start your fire in your fireplace <laughs> or outside. Here, I'll wait while you guys start the fire. <laughs> start, the, <laughs> start the sauna up. Get that, um, get yeah, that get cooking the sauna for going. later. Um, Get that subwoofer humming. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So now that the fire and the sauna and the subwoofers are going. Um, mm, no. So yes. the, the, my interest is from the field of economics primarily. So behavioral economics is an area that took to blend like neoclassical economics with this whole set of psychological things and b- cognitive biases and and sort of the the irrationality of people, which we've come mm-hmm. to understand to be the actual default versus the, you know, the aberration, um, the fall of man, the fall of man, indeed. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, so behavioral economics is, is of sort fall. of, uh, behavioral economics is, um, yeah, it blends like that psychology with, with economics. And, and one of the important, like why people make decisions about buying decisions or, are- or taking a car or doing different things. Or right. Like going and like, in a certain business direction. Yeah, right. and like there's this concept like homo economist or whatever, which was like the rational man. The idea is that in the lens of neoclassical or classical economics would be Every everyone's person, hyper-rational. Yeah. They make decisions that are rational. Therefore, we can just make that assumption in our models and that'll work. Now, as they've blended and gotten closer with psychology, it becomes so clear that like they're not rational. And so these cognitive uh-huh. biases help us uh-huh. understand why people are consistently irrational or predictably irrational. But Ooh, in any case, the sunk cost it. fallacy is something that comes from economics, well, not really right, behavioral right, right. economics, but the concept is that from, at least from an economics perspective, your decisions should be made at the margin, meaning like what's the incremental benefit or incremental cost, not related to what you've done in the past, which are thought of as sunk. So costs that you've already put into a project or an endeavor are sunk. You can't get them back no matter what. And so if you're facing a decision about uh, more investment in a project, time, money, effort, whatever, the best way to make that decision is to say, well, okay, if I put $10 more into the project, am I likely to get 10 or more dollars out? And if the answer is yes, if the marginal benefit of that decision exceeds or meets the marginal cost, then you should make that decision. Irrespective of how much you've put in already. It seems like the amount you put in already, like it should be factored in as as like the opposite of sunk cost. Like, look, man, we've already put this much money into this project. If it's not going to make any more, like we're already this much in the hole. Like, let's stop stop production Mm. now instead of being Mm. like, well, we already put this much into it. We've like put all our eggs in one basket. Let's like just ride it out and see where it goes. 
Right. Know? Right. But the fallacy is is often that, the one you just described. Yeah, so people think one. of the as well. I've already put a million dollars into this project. I think this is really common in business. Right. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. We invested a million sense. or two million or three million dollars in a project. It's What's not another hundred thousand? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it's and a I lot. think people do that in at a smaller scale in their own oh, personal for life, sure. right? You know, one example so, could be like uh, if you you know you 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 go to college and you you get when you get there, uh, you re- you realize like wow this is really not for me like but you know you're you're already there you spent the time and and the initial money so you just sort of stay and are ha- uh, you know kind of unhappy for a long time but maybe you'll find a yeah. niche or like you you're in a major that like you just like you have been in for like that kind of happened to me <laughs> right right yeah you talked about that yeah yeah you're like you know you kind of you realize you're like too, too far in it's like oh it would be difficult to switch well i've already but, i've already committed two years towards this major i might as well finish it up and just get my degree right. and then i'll have a degree in something i don't want to do and then i'll be right. tr- struggling trying to like find a job that i'm happy in because stuff i don't want to do you know kind of like there right. could be like really major like negative trickle effects from right. making decisions. And so like that. I think that's a good example of like why this is not just a trivial or an academic exercise. It's a real question of like right. if you can encourage people to think about their biases, they can make better life impacting decisions. Like, you know, I've invested two years in college, but it's clear that I don't want to. I don't want this track, right? Like, so right. if they look, if they think incrementally, they think marginally. They say, "Okay, I have two more years of college. That's going to cost me a hundred grand or whatever." Right. And I think that I can, you know, increase my salary by whatever, or you know, whether it's you could you could use like real dollar costs, but you can also right. use it. It'd be emotional costs and benefits. It doesn't right. have sure. to right. be financial. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I think people do that with relationships, even you know, like I've been dating this person for five years. I just, you know. I, we're already this far into it, you know. I don't, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, you right, can think right. of it being applied in all kinds of areas. I mean, yeah. economists would probably typically be thought of as thinking of it in monetary reasons, but that doesn't have to be the case at all. So, do right. you think like a like? I would like to get into like the examples of mm, uh, cognitive mm. biases because mm. I find it really fascinating. And, like when you read like the examples, like Tom, that chart that you I know you yeah. like your charts. Yeah, uh, I do. That chart, chart that you shared, uh, I read through every single one. I was like, well, this is like, you could pretty much like identify like, yeah, yeah, with every one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. You, and yeah. I think like it's cool to think about like, oh, if more people understood that these like sort of uh, these cognitive biases are, are like taking place under under the hood, you know, mm-hmm. as we're interacting right. with with other people or like in business or whatever the more people that knew that these are things were going on, the more yep. they, they could be identified and like more smart deci- smarter decisions will be made just across the board yeah. in, in like all aspects of life. I, I, I think that's like super spot on. And if you yeah. look at some of the leading academics in the area, like Dan Ariely and um, like Richard Thaler and a lot of these people that have written about this or have, uh, you know, resources from the university allocated to it. That's exactly the justification, at least in part, is like bringing this to the surface and helping people see where they're making poor decisions is really valuable to society, right? It's worth researching. Right. It's worth investing in. Right. Um, 
And uh, so I think increasingly this type of study is everywhere. So I said there's kind of two connections. I'll just quickly go back to the second one is, so Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky are probably the two most famous people that I'm familiar with this area. They wrote a book that's very like accessible to I think they the general actually public. mentioned their names on that chart. Yeah, they're like the leading thinkers. So their book is called Thinking Fast and Slow. Oh, um, yeah, I know that book. And that is that read it. they're academic. So they wrote a lot of academic work, but they have more like, you know, public facing stuff as well. And that book, I think, has been hugely influential, both in the field of economics, but also I have Ooh. an MBA and it came up everywhere in business school. Read it. I, you'd yeah. love it. You'd love it. I and should, I would yeah. definitely recommend it to yeah, the readers. Looks, sounds great. And that's also become hugely influential, at least in like business thinking too. So I think not that it's not in practice necessarily, but certainly in academic business thinking about how do we understand biases in decision making because there's financial things at stake here. So yeah, for sure. I I was when I was thinking about biases, I was thinking about like what like what purpose are they like? Are they a Mm -hmm. fault or you know like what is the reason humans do this? And I think it's Mm. because like it's a sort of a I mean, oftentimes it's a shortcut. Like we don't have a lot of time in our yep, day. Yep. We need, I, I think, you know, it's not inherently bad a bias. I think it's good to be aware of it. Um, but, you know, it's uh, sometimes it's it's useful. I mean, to yep. just sort of quickly get, you know, you just sort of categorize things. But But again, being aware of it is important. Well, and that's exactly the concept of thinking fast and slow. So thinking fast is is basically what you just described, heuristical, like heuristic-based thinking, which is that most right. of the decisions are made. I had to look up that made, word. Yeah, made on like rules of thumb, a heuristic or whatever. And so mm. you're exactly right. Like that's what they've found is that there's kind of two levels of thinking that people do. Um, and a lot of decisions are made on those quick um, heuristics. Heuristics, because to your point, Tom, they're time saving. It's impossible for us in, it, to operate as humans in that slow thinking way. Oh, that's impractical right. for us. Every decision can't be thought through to this enormous extent. Right. So we do rely on heuristics. Kind of to your point, like why have we evolved this a little bit? I think in part is just because it's part of um, like facilitating an easier life, you know, and making things more practical. Right. But there's a downside to it because when you're thinking fast or making quick heuristic-based decisions all the time, we we do end up falling into these predictable patterns which are identified as these biases like um, I yeah, you know. I also I right. wonder how much like um like on that note mm-hmm. sort of like when information is passed down from one generation to another, it might not necessarily be the best information, although mm. it's like like I feel yeah. like there's a bias that like oh uh, yeah we've talked Old about knowledge this. yeah like a, a bias of our parents that like the way they did things is the right way or like mm. or like what they've learned like in their lives is, yeah, is yeah, like yeah. the right information to pass down to us or something like for example like you have to go to college like right. if you want to get a good job you have to go to college if you mm. want and that's like not necessarily true as the world changes and like the world is changing at a faster you know the world though like yeah like the human like economy world mm-hmm. is like changing faster than like <laughs> we can kind of like those like you know old ways can like kind of keep up with while some information passed down might be like super valid and like and will help like you know your yeah, true. your kids like have like a leg up or something because like they you know 
you know, it's valuable, but like, Mm -hmm. I feel like in some cases it's like, well, no, you have to like go do apply slow thinking and like, Mm -hmm. okay, consider, consider like, you know, going to college, but like, what, what's my, what are the other options? Like what is, what might be a better, like, you know, I could be in a lot of debt like Mm -hmm. after graduating college or Mm -hmm. I could you know go to some like vocational thing and be like i'm you might be really talented like welder <laughs> i don't know yeah but yeah, like yeah. for you know it, that's just like a random example but like i don't know that's something that there's and i don't know like that. go ahead tom i was just gonna say there's a cool story about i don't know the full story but a, it's sort of that old like the biasy of of holding on to sort of old uh knowledge where mm. this you know this woman uh, well, this person cooks, you know, a chicken in a certain way, like cuts the the chicken in half or something, and uh, you know, it it passed on to her daughter and her daughter before it, it goes to like the youngest, and then Always like the grandma, the, in half. the grandma or the great grandma comes and like sees her do that, like why are you doing that? It's like, well, I was taught, and my mom was taught, my grandma, you know, you taught us to do it. It's like, well, that's because I had a small oven or something mm. like that, right? Right. So, so like things like just kind of glob on over time, you know, as part of our rules of, of how we do things. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, no one really takes a step back and sort of thinks like, why do we do that? Right. And I don't know, honestly, if those are like biases, I feel like those are like conventional thinking. True. I think cognitive biases are more like under the surface type. I don't know. I don't know if those are technically like, well, that would be a good point to like dig into a couple. So yeah. 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 Um, Did we have like one that jumped out to you, Matt, when you were going through it that like you said really resonated with you or um, I I have a favorite for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's um, I like the uh, the post purchase rationalization. I do that all the time. Yeah. Let's do that one. Let's talk about that. What is that one? And talk about the tendency to retroactively ascribe positive attributes to an option one has selected. Mm. Oh, big time. Yeah, I yeah. do that. Like, have you done it recently? Do you have we an We made example? a good call on that one, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I think I do that with pretty much every piece <laughs> of technology I buy. Okay. Right. Where I'm just like, you know, it's usually the the you know, like a computer or phone. It's like, um, oh yeah, this is a great machine. Like, think of putting, you know, bigging up in my mind all the different. Uh, cool aspects of that technology so i'm like yeah this is a really this is a cool thing this is cool mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. good kind mm-hmm. of like a, a a way to you know make myself feel better about the enormity of the cost usually yeah, yeah. and i i think an interesting aspect where this kind of blends in with businesses like marketing and organizations are aware of that so there's a lot of effort in post-purchase basically affirmation for you so reaching out supporting you post-purchase creating this feeling post-purchase of Uh, to avoid cognitive dissonance yeah because they 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 know that one of the risks is that post-purchase cognitive dissonance where you're dissatisfied with what you decided or or feel like you made the wrong decision and so because awareness of this has bled into other spaces there'll be efforts to you know create communities for owners of certain products and you know, you can get post-purchase advertising to remind you how yeah, great that was, right? Yeah. Which seems confusing. I like, like, I already bought it, but I feel like, like the no. best model yeah. for like seeing how many uh, cognitive biases are being applied is like when you try when you are thinking about buying something, whether mm-hmm. like, um, 
and the yeah. whole process that like I don't know about you guys, but like when I like think about buying a new phone or like buying a new like even like a hard drive or something, I love mm-hmm. just like finding articles, it. researching yeah, like what's the Consumer best reports. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then you dive into like, okay, then okay, I'm gonna buy it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I already pay for the Amazon Prime, right? Right, right. Some so cost, some cost, cost, right cost. there. But see, it works. Yeah, they know it works, right? And You're so then I in. look at, and I actually knew that I was oh, doing this man. the other day. I was looking at the reviews, and mm. it's sort of like you know, Amazon. There's like at one point they give you like here are the highest like high reviews and the highest. Mm. <laughs> this is a dumb way to say it, but like here are like the top highest reviews and the top mm-hmm. lowest reviews. Right, right. And you look right. at both of them and both of them like might like make a great argument for either way, buy mm-hmm. it or don't buy it. And they're like I, diametrically opposed with facts as well. Right. Often. Right. Like what was I oh, it was like some internet thing. This is actually a crazy device. It's pretty cool. It's like a power line internet um a Ethernet adapter. Mm. Whoa. That's it's uh yeah, it uses your house's like electric electrical circuitry to like transfer ethernet to another outlet in the house oh, so that you plug wow. in your, you can just plug in an ethernet cord so if and you have like high speed and get high speed pretty wow. kind of wild actually but um so i was wild like researching that and like one side of the um of the like reviews was saying like they never advertise that it has to be on the same circuit. Like it didn't work in my house. Like I researched this so much and like, I was so disappointed when it finally came, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And the other side said like, it worked great. Like it didn't advertise that it had to be in the same circuitry, but it still worked in my house and it worked mm. great. And I was like, well, I'm going to go with the guy who says it worked. Cause I want to buy this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like yeah. I'm already, right. I already right. know I want to buy it. Like I'm now, just that's looking a bias, for that for sure. Confirmation yeah. bias, yeah. right? Exactly. That's yep. a big one. That is definitely confirmation bias. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. Um, but I also yeah. like status quo bias on, on mm-hmm. this chart, which is in mm-hmm. the quote they use is perfect. Oh. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I use that one all the time. Yeah. I and actually maybe that, maybe that is the like, Maybe that goes back to your thing, Tom, about the chicken. Maybe that's a status quo bias thing. Oh, yeah. Right. Because it's go. like, you yeah. right. always cut the chicken in half. We're not going to examine why we do that. Right. Like, right. It's, very it seems much to work. That. So nice. maybe maybe you're right. Maybe that was one. Yeah. 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 Nice. Maybe I am. Right. Nice. Look at nice. you. Look at me. Stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but, but seriously, no, I think I an interesting, that. on that purchase journey that you described, I think an interesting thing connecting it to kind of as this is blended into economics so traditional you know economics thought of like utility which is basically like the benefit or whatever that you get from buying and consuming something like and it's kind of a black box like utility could mean anything like the enjoyment you get from eating a donut or okay whatever you right um but traditionally it was like the thought was you get utility high from by the, the consumption. way high enjoyment yeah high high utility right and high so utility for me but now I think there's an increasing interest in maybe over the last 20 years or something in thinking about utility as even being like anticipatory. So you derive a certain amount of utility utility from thinking about a purchase and it's not oh just God. after purchase so that you get it, that your anticipation can almost be better sometimes than the actual. See, that was not part of traditional or neoclassical economic thinking, but now there's this thought of oh like, my God, yes. is there a better, do I enjoy the, the period of researching it and thinking, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, so there's this Big whole time. new element, which is definitely lines up with real life. There are more some, than, 
Yeah. There's some cases where I want to buy something so badly, I will even like ignore parts of it that are like might be like pretty obvious red flags. Like you shouldn't buy this. And it's like I don't want to see that because I want to buy this so bad. Like I'm yeah. going to yeah, pretend right. it doesn't exist. Yeah. And I'm just going to buy oh. it and cr- cross my fingers. I know that I do that sometimes too. Okay. That's yeah, the ostrich sure. effect. Sure. Is that the ostrich effect? I think maybe. Let's let's go up to it. Avoiding negative fin well, avoiding negative financial information yes. by pretending it doesn't exist. Well, I mean, it, in this case, this is a real financial thing. But yeah, it's like avoiding negative aspects. Yeah, I think, I think ah. the confirmation bias that you mentioned is one of the big ones for sure because that oh, yeah. I think has so much impact on our society in general. Because mm-hmm. especially as you think about like hyper polarized political environment, and people are if we are aware that we're constantly seeking information that confirms something we already believe that creates a really vicious cycle of an, where we're already polarized. And then any information news that you see as being counter to you is fake news or is right. And you know, fake news is, is kind of a political term, but like if you even set that aside, liberal or Democrat, like liberal or, or conservative are both looking at information and, seeking out anything in there that confirms what you already believe and not open to, you know, and I think that exacerbates the situation big time without a doubt. I think even like even the algorithms are designed with bias in plot, like in integrated into their, their algorithm. So like Mm -hmm. I am given, you know, in my newsfeed, I'm given things that I want to look at. Mm-hmm. just the algorithm just does that so right right it is it is because you're gonna me my confirmation bias right because you're gonna click on yeah. a headline All i'm that, getting that is, is aligned with what you can you're gonna engage with content that aligns with what you feel like is already true right it's like, like that it's, it's the idea of the echo chamber yeah it you is know, it is and i think like I'm that's gonna where write a children's book called me and my confirmation bias <laughs> <laughs> and the confirmation gonna bias is going to be like a little like swirly dupe to do that's nice. like kind of follows you idea. around. Yeah, and he's like kind it. of like. There's like a lot of books like that, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, like, 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 uh, children's books that personify like a yeah. an emotion. So that yeah, I think it's actually kids, a good like, idea. It's yeah. an interesting idea. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, I do. Get him young. It's kind yeah. of cool. Well, I feel um, like confirmation bias is like more of it's like one of the more mainstream biases that, that like that are known that are yeah. known yeah like right and, like and when we I started people, this discussion i did not know about like probably 75 to like 85 percent of these mm-hmm. right no i think there's a ton of like really interesting one i think the recency bias is one that's interesting like Which like one how you? how readily something comes to your recollection or whatever mm-hmm. um like right like you know we we you know think about an airplane crash or something like that. And so we're, we're probably more likely to think that it's more probable than it is just because it's so easy to remember the last time there was an airplane yep. crash, you yep. know what I mean? Yeah, Stuff like right. that. Yeah. And I think that these are some of the ones that I feel like have really, um, interesting, like frequent effects. Um, the other one that I am interested in and then I like is, is the endowment effect. And this is one that, that I've been interested in for a while and actually, had proposed like some when I was briefly in a PhD program (laughs) had proposed some research on this topic of, you know, basically 
they've done loads and loads of studies that show that people value something more simply because they own it than when they didn't. And it's been demonstrated mm. many, many times in lab or classroom settings where, for they example, have stake now in it. Exactly. And, and part of it is drawn to this yeah. Kahneman and Tversky idea of loss aversion, which is really an interesting concept, which is that a loss of the same amount is felt more intensely than a gain of the same amount. So people are more uh. feel more loss from t- losing $10 than they feel good about getting $10, if that makes sense. That does yes. make sense. That does and make so sense. when you blend this loss aversion in, the idea is like the quintessential example is like a mug. And in an example lab, they're willing to pay eight ninety nine for the mug. But once they have it, and someone else offers, what are you willing to sell it for? They want ten or twelve or more dollars, even though that's completely irrational by any, right. you know, traditional sense. But right, the 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 loss of that mug feels worse than the you know gain of getting it, which which is a really interesting. Um, but I, I think of it the area that I was most interested in, like that's bringing it. To the, to the research area is like I think of it in the housing market because I think a home oh, especially yes, yes, becomes yes. so the value of a home becomes so integrated with your emotional experience of it and Big time. versus like this abstract it's just a house I paid a hundred grand I'm willing to sell it for a hundred grand type of thing there's right. lots of other complexity to it I don't want to make it that I mean there's market trends and all kinds of things but I think in addition to all that which you could explain yeah there's still this increased value that people believe their home is worth more than absolutely. Than it is. So. I would, so we're selling our, you know, our family home, um, mm. and um, I feel like my uh, my girlfriend has a really good, like I feel like she probably applies, or, or she's like more aware of like cognitive biases than I am. Mm. Like mm. she'll mm. she'll always like she's a very like rational thinker and she'll always like kind of help me like talk through like problems or or something and she and and she's really good at it so that's awesome when i was looking at these examples i was like man this is like like cassie's good at this and she (laughs) when i was (laughs) when i was um uh you know talking to her about selling the house um you know, I was, we were trying to talk about the square footage and I was like, I feel like the square footage, it must be over this amount. It has to be. And mm-hmm. she was like, Matt, like, I think you're still seeing this house with like your, like, like as this enormous house with like your child, like your child eyes, like oh, when you were a kid, like you That's have this really vision of this house as like being so much bigger and grand than it might actually be to mm. someone else who's kind of just seeing it for the first time or something. Um, and I was like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> That's really interesting. That right? is like a great example because I could totally yeah. see that being the case. Yeah. You know. Yeah. With regard to endowment effect, that I, I always think about like, or I don't always think about, but, <laughs> uh, you know, like when people buy when something. When I wake up every day, I just tap into my endowment effect thought process (laughs) when people buy like you know an iphone or like a subaru or some product Mm -hmm. and they they you know they do get enjoyment and so if it's a good product or something but Mm. they'll like almost become brand like advocates Mm -hmm. in in a sense like and they'll yeah, yeah, defend yeah. it and and because it you know because they have it so like it again they get more value or they mm-hmm. feel like it is higher valued yeah and so they and they want it to be that because if it 
if it, like you said, if it loses the value, they're going to feel that a little bit harsh, like, more harshly. That reaffirmation of like making the like the right purchase, right? Like, yeah, goes. I a think long also. Way. I think companies totally. like will engender that. And, oh, for sure. And I mean, like create like clubs and like a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Love it. A great yeah. example is like Harley Davidson, which is like this really intensely oh, totally. loyal group. Yes, and oh, part yeah, of the right. way that the brand facilitates that is through organizations of, of Harley owners that, that can gather and um, right. like you get this constant reaffirmation of like, these are great. This is this great experience. And it, and honestly, like it adds to the, the experience of owning it. You have this social element to it. And, and, and if you think about um, brands are so immensely powerful uh, psychologically, right. But that the reason that's important for businesses is it has a huge financial consequence. You I know, pay actually, more for a Harley Davidson than the exact same thing that didn't say Harley Davidson. You just right. would, you, yeah. Not, maybe like maybe you wouldn't, but like you One can would. think of your own example, like right. And and people do this all the time. Like there's there's store brands like at Costco and these sort of private label brands that are the same product. Like it's the, manufactured by the same company, but one right. has a brand label and one has Kirkland, and yeah. people. Right. We'll pay more for the brand because that's how powerful brands are. And that's, that's yeah. profit, right? Like, that's I think there's important. also like a sense that when someone sees sort of quote off brand, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what it is, like there could be actual uh, superiority in like quality of product, but yeah. maybe not. No. So in that, but there is that, you know, that, that like, oh, well, I know this brand, so it's probably higher quality. And that's, that goes to the heuristics thing. So brands serve several purposes but one of which is to help us make decisions so when you go into a supermarket and there's six, 60 or 80 different types of cereal as humans we're not going to read every single box and try to understand it you need something to help you make a decision and part of that is brands i recognize a general mills brand and so i want to i'm just going to trust that, that one's good i'm not going to go through this intense analysis Shouts. to see which one tastes better you know what i mean like it's part of our um, us general mills it's 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 a like, buff, Buffalo uh, location, General Mills. Oh, yeah, we it's have based a place in Minneapolis. Nice. Yeah. It's around uh, the corner here. Do you guys do you smell like Cheerios? Yeah, you do. do. Oh no, wow. no, no, this ours is the corporate headquarters. They're not like cranking oh. out the Cheerios. So you They're, smell cash. Yeah, like part of money. the thing in Buffalo. <laughs> I'm sure I've mentioned it on the pod is that like our, you know, our city smells like Cheerios. I've like, never heard that. That's wow. interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. We like every now Dude, and then. Like honey that? nut? Is oh, it the honey awesome. nut or is it the multi grain or which Sometimes one is it? Sometimes it smells straight up like uh like Lucky Charms. <laughs> like you'll be driving down the highway with the with the <laughs> oh, windows be Lucky Charms. with the windows down and you, it, it the air will smell like and, Lucky Charms. And you Charms. get type 2 diabetes just from the air. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild though, man. It's awesome. Like I love it. I love that's it. That's awesome. The air, that I mean. Awesome. That's hilarious. I never, that's a little factoid for us. Yeah. That is a nice factoid. Mm-hmm. Another thing with like the comp that I've noticed, uh, especially uh, cell phone companies are doing, is they put a lot of effort into the unboxing now. Mm. Like into yeah. how something is unboxed, what, you know, the packaging. They, because they want to make it. I, I remember when I bought my iPhone, like, I it was stupid, but I wanted to open everything myself. I didn't want the guy to open it, which mm. is silly. You didn't want his like, Dorito covered fingers touching your iPhone twelve. Exactly right. It's and, 
and I was like, there's this whole thing. Of, and he's like, yeah, actually, they, they actually have a whole team. They have a, a team that works on this to make it so your unboxing experience is, is you know, right. bar, bar none. And then it's so weird. Like, they, the company literally spends money mm-hmm. on a process that adds it, value to the consumer. Well, it adds value, but it's like you've already bought the thing. To get to the point to open it, yeah. you've, you're in. Yeah. But yet they... There's but money then, spent on that. Think about it. Now you've bought it and you have this great experience opening it right from the beginning. Your experience is good. That's going to foster loyalty. I want to come back next time, right? Like yeah, your post purchase is being reaffirmed right away with this beautiful packaging and thoughtful well, design and all that stuff. It's yeah. also like, I mean, it's that probably goes back to, you know, just like opening presents as kids. Like when you mm-hmm. get a present and you, it's like, yeah, true. Open it there up. A, that that feeling is like, so exciting and thrilling and like you have it in your hand and you open it up and mm. um like that that i feel like that feeling continues on like forever yeah. you know have you ever do you have an example of a gift that you were like really excited when you're opening it and it was just a horrible disappointment when you actually found out it was in it <laughs> yeah actually <laughs> you well, <laughs> i well it's um I, you know it, it, it's a it's in retrospect it's a great gift so I don't want to like bash my family, but mm. it was, you know, it's this, you know, package. It, it was like the last gift. And usually there's like one sort of bigger gift or something mm. like you're, you know, you're like the one you're most excited about. You're like, oh, hopefully this is the thing that I asked for. The, the you know, the, the, the car or whatever. The, the <laughs> I hope there's I a car in this bag. <laughs> no, no. I mean like toy car. Nah, sorry. Nah. Oh. Anyway, I opened it and it was a pillow. Like my top oh. gift was a pillow. And oh, oh man, that and, and like a it became known as like it, you the know, great you, disappointment of '09. No, you, it, it, <laughs> you're wor- you're ever, you're always worried about getting tommed. Is, is <laughs> getting like a sort of too practical of a gift, I guess. But oh, uh, so awesome. that was my experience. But it's a, it's a fantastic pillow. This is a Tempur Pedic, so oh, I should have nice. been more. Oh, those are nice. Two. Uh, yeah, that is a two, good gift, actually. It's like, a great gift. It's a fantastic two gift things just like occurred to me. One is like when people reuse a box. So like if it's like a Neiman Marcus yeah. box, but yeah, what's inside of it is like from Old Navy or something. You know right. what I mean? Like you have that yeah, happen. Right. Yeah. But the other thing is, it just occurred to me. Like I feel like as you get older you're a smaller gift is a sign of something better right when you're a kid you want like a huge box humongous but as you're like getting older you want a small box because then it could be like a video game and as you get to our age it's like oh it might be a cell phone if you got a big box you're like fuck it's probably don't close you know there's nothing (laughs) valuable in a big box (laughs) unless there's like eight iphones in here but you know like (laughs) i feel like that's like this like you know inverse you know relationship between what you the size of the box but i think what i would i would play pranks like if i think i remember uh you know putting a gift in a box for maybe for my sister or something but like putting like a weight in the bottom right like making a big box right. and put a weight in it tape it so that it doesn't like rattle around yeah and then it's like just a small item maybe it's like a gift card a paper gift card <laughs> and it's right just the, or oh, like this, or just this, keep putting it in bigger and bigger boxes yeah, to yeah, the yeah, point yeah. like they open that box then they open the that russian doll another, effect yeah, yeah exactly and nice. the inside is actually like a coupon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or no, it's like, you know, my gift is my love or something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hard yeah. pass on that. Yeah. Hard pass on that gift. Any Send other the any of the other uh biases jumping out at you guys as like I mean, favorites? Bu- 
Most um, influential for you? The bandwagon effect was one I was going to, I wanted to yeah, touch on. Yeah, big time. Chat to us about that. What is that one? Um, bandwagon effect. Uptake of beliefs and ideas increases the more that they have already been adopted by others. The example is the whole department knows there's no problem here. So just because everybody's doing it, mm. like, like, get on, get on board. Well, would you jump off a bridge if Sarah jumped off a bridge? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Kind of, or I guess I in this case, it would be like Sarah and like all of her friends. And they're right. They're all jumping friends. off the bridge. Yeah. And you're mm. like, um, so yeah. And I feel like this is just, I feel like this happens all over the place and we're mm. all, we all sort of like, Always. because we're so social, um, that, that like the bandwagon effect is really powerful. The larger kind of like the group is, and the more people are doing it, the more it's like, Oh, am I missing out? Like right. I want to join like in the a- party too. No matter like, and, and, and you, some people might not even, or you, you know, might not even think about joining. You just mm-hmm. join because like everybody's mm-hmm. doing it. I'm just, I've probably downloaded apps like that way a lot. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, like you mean you hear a bunch of people are like using it and you're like, I'm just going to get it basically. Yeah. Like, oh, like I use this app. It's great. I feel like part of that is also like trusted, like, like trusted it, sources, trusted sources. Yeah. Like that. Mm. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's like a a bias. A, uh, well, yeah, maybe. It, like it I might, might be. It's I not might. like a bad thing. I mean, I, again, I don't think all biases necessarily are bad. It's it's a way to think fast, as as it were. So, like, yeah. you know, I think with um, the app thing, you're getting more into like network effects, which basically is like the app itself or the platform becomes more valuable the more users there are. Like, if there was one other person on Facebook there's no value. But when there's a million people on Facebook, there's a ton of value. And right. so and even um you need that. Even, it, it, that effect. even goes back into uh the Amazon, you know, purchasing experience mm, like mm-hmm. if I see that like you know, there are a couple different like versions of a product I'm looking for and I see that one has like like 5,000, you know, stars given to it and another one has like mm. 200. I'm going to buy mm. the one that has 5,000. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I definitely do that. And you wonder to so, to what extent some of that's almost just a fluke because right. You do get that you get that churning going. So like if one hit the market early and got 100 good reviews, then you're kind of doomed for the second product, right? Because people are just going to default to the one that has 100 stars versus 10, yeah. Yeah. even if it's better yeah, and right. it just grows and grows. So that can be like a fr- first mover effect or something, but yeah, actually, First with regard mover. to like the uh, reviews, you know, it's it's become a problem. Like, especially on Amazon, like co- I think products will, you know, I think early on it was probably more of a issue that uh, that they had to like they farmed out reviews just to get like a bunch mm. of fake reviews mm, yep. that are positive. Yeah, yeah. and actually yeah. nowadays, if if I have something that is kind of a big purchase on Amazon or something, or mm-hmm. or if I just want to look at the reviews on Amazon mm-hmm. to see how a particular product is. Um, I'll do there's, there's things called like review checkers and, and it actually checks and oh. estimates how, you know, if it's like, Oh, you'll see like on a lot of like low cost electronics, mm-hmm. um, that there'll be a lot of fake reviews actually. Mm. 
and it'll be like 50% of the reviews are just, you know, generated because they'll yeah. look at, they'll look at the language, like how, it, how is the, the, sure. how is it written? You know, does it sound like a robot? Um, that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I think interesting. I, this isn't to... really a bias, but I think we've talked about this in the pod before too. Like basically people are only like motivated to write really good or really bad reviews. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, like if you had just a right. decent experience, you're like, I'm not fucking going on Yelp and creating an account <laughs> and saying like, this was a three star experience. Like <laughs> yeah. you're either like yeah. blown away or yep. you're like, this was the worst goddamn service. I, you know what I mean? And right. so I'm going to go it like, so that does, I don't think that's a bias, but that definitely gives you like a less um, comprehensive view or like a, a less valuable view, I guess, of like the range. Right. I, I, of was, I always think about that too, because I've uh, never like reviewed anything. I don't think honestly, like online, I can't remember yeah. reviewing anything. Just I, because I it feels do like, review things and it oh, is only when I'm not often. It's okay. only when I, uh, I'm really excited about it or really against, really upset at my experience. Yep. And I'm like, yep. someone needs to pay. Yeah. Someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, there's I, biases are kind of are fascinating. Um, it's hard to know because there's the blind spot bias, which is interesting because I mean, that's the thing. Like you don't know which biases you use. You're, you're often blind to your own biases. It it's sort of like the, I don't know if it's like, I don't know what the phrase is, but it's sort of like the the crux of this is like, you be it's something we do quickly without thinking about it. So right now, after the fact that we know we do it, it still doesn't mean it's necessarily easy to stop it because it's so ingrained in us, and you do it so quickly that like, I do think it's really valuable if you can catch yourself even after the fact, document it somehow mentally or or whatever. Right. Right. Or like to Matt's point, if you have someone that you know who's really good at helping you give a second perspective, oh, yeah. the second maybe, pair of eyes is critical. Yeah, yeah. can maybe eliminate some of that emotionality of it. And That's like, true. Um, yeah, and I think time too. Like, like if you're like making a big purchase and you're kind of like overwhelmed and you've been like digging, like the. I've come into this like moment too, where it's like you, you all of a sudden you're like down a rabbit hole, like looking at reviews, all this, like taking a moment, just like pause and be like, okay, like take a step back. Yeah. Where am I at in this process? Mm -hmm. Like uh, how overwhelmed am I? Like, should Mm -hmm. I just take a step away? Yeah. Maybe go, go get a second opinion. I think just like trying to apply critical thinking Mm -hmm. is, is like, it's hard in that mo in the moment, especially with a purchase. Like you were saying, like you get so into that product, mm-hmm. and you're like, "I gotta have it. I gotta have it." Yeah, yeah. And you want it so badly because you've yeah. convinced yourself of its value, and you're like, "I." Uh, this often happens with me in cell phones, and I'm trying to. I think I've gotten better, uh. But you know, I'll convince myself that this is the thing I want. Okay, so mm-hmm. this is what I want. I want mm-hmm. it now. I want to mm-hmm. get the purchase, right, and yeah. I want to pick it up right. today. Uh, but then it's what I'm trying to do is okay. Take a step. Yeah. Take a couple days. Yeah. It's a big purchase. Take, yeah. take a couple days. And if you still want it, you know, after that, then, then do the process of, of getting it. But just give yourself I do some that time. all the time. Like if I go to a store, like yesterday we were going to this like really cool, like specialty kitchen store that I love like looking oh, around at. Yep. And Those there's like a, a few items where I'm like, I could legitimately say kitchen I use gadgets. this basically every day and I would benefit from it. And then, I just don't buy it. And I like, I, I do that exact thought. Like 
if it's really valuable, I'm going to be thinking about it and I'll come back in a few days. I would say 95% of the time I completely forget about it and I never go back, which I think is good because then I yeah, seriously, yeah, right. like I do right. that when I'm looking at clothes or looking at whatever, I'll be like, yeah, it's fine. I'm, I do really want it, but I'll just be like, I'm going to go home and think about it. And I almost always forget about it. And then it's like, okay, yeah. I'm glad I Moving didn't buy on. it. Yeah. But if it comes yeah. up again and again, it's like, oh, that's an essential thing. Like, I right. I keep thinking about that and I see where it would be valuable for me. And now I've had a chance to like take a pause. Not that I've never made a rash purchase. Like I certainly have. You don't know I mean, but yeah, um, definitely. You know, I think like the one click to buy thing is definitely dicey. You know, because yep. I've definitely oh, made yeah, some yeah, yeah. some smaller uh, purchases on Amazon where I'm just like, just do it. And then there's like, I do have a few boxes of things that I have to admit I've not opened. And I'm like, <laughs> like I yeah. opened the box, the Amazon box, but then like the thing inside, I haven't used it. And I'm like, ah, that was yeah. not, cause I'm not good at returning things. I'm terrible at that. So that mm. once I get it, if I don't want it, I'm like, I'm already locked in. They probably know, know that I'm, too. Oh, for sure. They got a whole yeah, team of cognitive bias scientists that are just like targeting me with like, yeah, like whatever. There's actually, so there's some other cognitive biases that I uh, found a list of mm-hmm. that are not on that chart, but are, I think are really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, like the in-group bias, which refers to how people are more likely to support or believe someone within their own social group. That kind of mm-hmm. goes with what you were talking about, Matt. Oh, like yeah. Someone in your friend group's like, oh, yeah, get this app. It's great for mm-hmm. this. And like like oh, peer okay. pressure. I feel like that's, I, I give into that pretty easily. Well, and, and I think it, the in-group bias, you know, is even more... Um, in-group like, bias? Yeah. yeah, it's even yeah. more dangerous because this is like where you go to like sectarian violence and you go to like yeah, war. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. all goes right. back to that because there's this... Hu- that's like the one of the most elemental human things is like it's us against them. Right. And when you mm-hmm. understand... It can be applied like in more trivial situations as well, but it's... I think that's one of the ones that's like really pernicious because it's it's... A lot of conflict is based on that, really, if you think about it. Yeah. Right, right. And people can be persuaded to do horrible things. Yeah, you know, yeah. Based off of based off of this like concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Some some other good Scary. ones. Uh the uh, two I want to say hindsight bias, mm. which is just like, oh, knew it all along, you know, in the <laughs> past. And then mm-hmm. the also one that, that I've seen on the internet. The Dunning-Kruger effect. People use it, I think, to try to sound smart. What's that? Uh, it, this particular bias refers to how people perceive a concept or event to be simplistic just because their knowledge about it may be simple or lacking. So oh. they'll take some topic and they'll be like, oh, yeah, space travel? That's easy. Or, or something. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's oh. really interesting. What is that? Dunning-Kruger? Dunning-Kruger effect. Mm. Um, that's a good one it could limit curiosity because people don't feel the need to further explore a concept because it seems simplistic to them mm-hmm. and it will lead them to think that they're smarter than they actually are about a topic because they have reduced a complex idea to simplistic understanding so Dang. is that kind of the entire premise of our podcast yeah <laughs> should we change this <laughs> to from the, the wild conjecture to the dunning kruger pod <laughs> i bet i I almost guarantee you there's a podcast with that name. I, I uh, bet. Yeah. It's a yeah. good name, actually. That is a good name. And I think, like, having just heard about it, but I think we're not in that way because we've explicitly said we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Right. So we're not trying to make it seem like we know. Yeah. 
I I definitely so when I'm like learning a new complex like topic in in science or I I did this in in uh, undergrad and grad as well. Mm. Like sometimes they would just be too overwhelming initially mm. to learn something. So I um, I have to almost you have to Dunning Kruger that shit. I have to Dunning Kruger this shit mm-hmm. and cartoon mm-hmm. it down. I I, mm-hmm. I like to have cartoon like you know kind of reduce a complex topic to like a kind of a cartoon schematic. Yeah. That's called head. the SpongeBob bias. <laughs> right. I the do SpongeBob that. effect. But once I actually I find that it helps me just kind of get yeah. the knowledge actually. But For sure. That's yeah, that, I guess in it's, general it's, I think learning like can be yeah. that's like a good like tactic for learning something right. that's just like mm. reducing it to its like smallest kind of conceptual element mm. right. like first principles yeah it's like looking like, at looking at the forest before you go up to the tree i've never understood that phrase <laughs> the forest for the trees see the forest for the trees that's what does what it, it mean so this if you see the you see the forest for the trees so see the big picture as opposed to you're looking at this one tree and it's bark and stuff. You don't, if you're staring and focusing on that tree, uh, you don't even know there's a forest. Got it. Got it. Okay. Right. So it's, you can't big, see you the forest the through the trees. See so, the forest. So what is the phrase? Exactly. The phrase is you can't see the forest through the trees. So like you're focusing on the trees yeah. and the big okay. picture is the forest. You can't got see it, got the it. big picture. You're focusing on the like, can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. For some yeah, reason it. it's four. Yeah. But I got you. Okay. Can't so the basically, they're warning the you, like, don't miss the big picture. Not through. But oh. it is basically through. For the truth. Mm-hmm. An expression used of someone who is too involved in the details of a problem to look at the situation as a whole. That's a common thing that happens when, I mean, in someone getting, like, a PhD, mm. you, I, I noticed this in myself and colleagues, like, you'd be so focused on your, your individual topic mm. that you do not see, you often don't see the whole and you don't, you know, some, sometimes people won't have a good sense of why they're doing the research they're doing. Like, yeah, yeah, that happens I think, all over. I think yeah, that's a good sure. kind of way to wrap this up, folks, is like, don't miss the, the cognitive for the bias for the trees, basically. Yeah. Don't pick your own favorite bias and not understand there's tons more biases. I know. Yeah. Overwhelm yourself with biases <laughs> through every aspect of life. Just think Honestly, about this- it and you'll come to a complete halt. <laughs> and you won't be able to function. <laughs> yeah. Become That's entirely dysfunctional yeah. because yeah. you're overwhelmed and crushed That's and absolutely it's called dysfunctional crushed by bias. <laughs> <laughs> it's when all of the biases combine to make you completely immobile. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You have to sp- take tons of time to make any decision. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What am I going to have for lunch? I need to involve three people. Yep. Um, write it down. Think about it for it a couple of days. Come back <laughs> to it. <laughs> Should I drink water? That's another one that I take. Make sure to take my time. Just kidding. Drink water, folks. <laughs> yeah, hydrate, folks. Please. Exactly. People don't hydrate enough. I think it's the water bias. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the thirst bias. <laughs> it's the um, thirst trap bias. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna drink that water. I'm being thirst trapped. <laughs> <laughs> thirst trapped. <laughs> They're no, I like it. They're strapped in. <laughs> oh, well, bye, well, folks. Until next Cheers. time, folks. Bye. bye. bye.